Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Episode 15 of Maximizing Life in the Middle. Today we're going to talk about teenagers. Oh yeah. One of my favorite subjects. (laughs) We have one full-fledged American teenager. Yes. And one on the verge of becoming a full-fledged American teenager of the female variety. Yes. And I personally love teenagers. For the 20 years that I worked as a therapist with adoptive and foster and biological families, the teens were my favorite group to work with. I love teenagers. Yeah, my experience with coaching, a lot of it is with teens. Um, And I... I like them. I would say my wheelhouse maybe skews a little younger. I think I'm really cool to like 8 to 14-year-olds. Well, if we're talking about who's cool to a teenager, it would definitely not be me. Nor would it be you. Well, no one's cool to a teenager. Right, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if you're like an 8-year-old to like 12-year-old boy... Yeah, they climb on you like uh, like flies on honey. Yeah, and I'm a comic book artist, and I'm a, a big goon. And you like to play with balls. And yeah, like that seems pretty cool. But I guess I'm reasonably cool still to, to our teenager, at least in the volleyball sense, because he plays volleyball, and at this point I'm still better than him and you know, all that. So, But anyway, so teenagers. Yeah. So this weekend... You, as you already know, you were away. <laughs> I, as you already know, previously. Yeah. You were away, and I was home. Yes. The weekend before, I was away, and you were home. So we were kind of flip-flopping, passing the baton the past couple weeks. Yes. Fodder for a later episode, I believe. Yeah. But our 15-year-old was invited to a party. And... He already knows, based on many, many talks we had last school year, he already knows our stance on drinking, drugs, being around that kind of stuff and whatnot, that we are not okay with it. We're realistic to to know that it happens, but we don't condone it in any way, and we don't want to encourage or facilitate him experimenting with those things. And... I guess I kind of feel like at some point, as he becomes an older teenager, he's in 10th grade now, the the invitations to parties will become more frequent, and the desire to be in social settings will become more frequent than they are now. So we'll have to see how we're going to handle that as time goes on. But anyway, this past weekend, 
he told me that he was invited to a party. And like, as usual, my first question, who is it? And are their parents going to be home? And he said yes. And he, when he asked me about it, he was calling from his friend's house because they had both been invited. And he wanted to ask if, if he would be allowed to go. And I don't remember what I asked him that he couldn't answer. And I said to him, at this point, you have not given me enough information to be comfortable telling you yes. So why don't you figure out the, all the details that you can, and then when I pick you up later, you'll let me know. Yeah, and it's interesting because this party is like the second annual. Like last year, while he was, wasn't this the party that last year while you were away he went to? And then no, he, no. It was a different kid, but it was the same group of friends. Right, okay. So I wouldn't call it the second annual. I Not think second annual, but random. it was just... It was a gathering of the same group of people who last year when you were away that he went to. Yes. And I was the one home at that time. Yes. And dealing with it then. You had a very interesting way of handling that, which I think would benefit parents of teenagers and maybe even younger kids. So before I say about this weekend, why don't you tell them what you did last weekend or last year? Because you... I don't remember if it was you or him who texted me and asked about this party or mentioned it. And I was in California on the other side of the country, so I was kind of handcuffed. I couldn't do much, so it all fell on you last year. Yeah, and you know, you, when and you said that, I suddenly had a moment where I froze up and said, I don't remember what I did last year, but now it comes back to me because we didn't know the parents. We didn't know the parents. We didn't know the kid. We didn't know the kid. Because when your child, at least where we live, when your child goes uh, K through 8, they're in the same town. It's one elementary school for K and 1, another one for 2 and 3, then 4 and 5, and then middle school. And so you go through nine years of school with every single child in your district yeah, who you, is your grade. You meet them all, you know them all, or at least you know of you know, them, you know a big them. portion of them. And you get to know who your kids' friends and, and sort of peers are that they're going to be hanging out with, and you know their parents. But this was, high school brings a whole new yeah. population. Other other towns are part of it. It's a, we, we have ascending district that has four or five towns. Mm-hmm. I think, and um, but anyway, so but at um, when he when he said he wanted to go to this party, I said, okay, well, who is the kid and who are the parents? And um, you know, he said the names, and of course, there were people who we didn't know. And and I remember texting him and saying, well, get the girl's phone, parents' phone number, and dad will call. And he said, oh, please, no. Oh, right. that's so embarrassing. Right. But somehow or other, and I don't remember exactly the genesis of this, but either he mentioned or I asked him some other kids who were going. That's what you did. You asked who else was invited. Who else was invited. And he came up with a couple different kids. But one of the kids who we came up with, I am friends with that boy's father also. And so what was serendipitous was he said oh well, he's going and i said oh okay 
You didn't tell our son what your plan was. You just went ahead and did the research. Right. So I I initially started with, okay, I was going to try and find this because I knew that this boy was going to the party. His father was a friend of mine and a friend on social media and Facebook. So I said, okay, well, I'll research <clears throat> to see if he knows those parents. And, of course, on Facebook, he was friends with a last name or a, a whatever I had that made me say, okay, that's this kid's parents. So then I said a text. Well, I reached out on Facebook to the parents so that it wasn't like a real, like, uh, oh, big deal for my son. But also I sent a text to um, the parent of this other boy who was going and said, hey, there's this party this weekend. Do you know the family and the parents of the kids and the kid whose who's house it's at? Are they going to be around? Blah, blah, blah. So... <clears throat> Both things came through. I think I first made contact with the person who I knew who said, great family, know the parents well, we're dropping Mikey off. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but we're dropping our son off. And, um, you know, it's it's a good, you know, it's a good group of kids. There's not going to be any, you know, not going to be any things there that you don't want your kid associated with drugs, drinking, blah, 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 blah. And then... So that certainly had me feeling pretty good about it. And then later on, through the social media contact, the mother of the kid who was having the party also responded to me and said, we'll be home. Thanks for reaching out. We really appreciate it. And so that basically left me feeling very comfortable saying that he could go to the party. He went to the party last year. It was... Uh, uneventful in the ways that you would hope it's not eventful um, and fun, and, and, fun and everything was fine went picked them up all was well so then this year mm -hmm. and I don't really think he went to any or was even invited to any parties between then and now because the the kids he's hanging out with just aren't aren't really into that yet so it just hasn't come up that much I know that other kids are more into that, but his group... A couple of things, but nothing that was... No, like, big social yeah, events. exactly. So, this weekend, he asked me if he could go to this party, and I said, who's the kid? And he told me her name, and I recognized her as one of the kids that he had invited to our house for Halloween last year. And I said, oh, that's the girl from Halloween. Yes, yes, of course. And so... I don't really know her or her family, but, you know, I think once you get to high school, that's the way it is. These people live in different towns, and, you know, you just generally aren't going to necessarily know them. But that shouldn't stop you from... That shouldn't cause you to say no to your child every time, or else you're going to be limiting their ability to even socialize with anyone. Right. But yet you just don't want to send them into this unknown environment where you don't know what's happening or what's going on. So I asked him if the parents would be there. He he finally got back to me when I picked him up, and he told me uh, the logistics of the party. He said that the girl had sent out either a group chat or something to the people that she had invited and made it very clear that her parents would be there, so don't even try to do any 
funny business or anything like that. Forget about drinking or whatever. It was just going to be, quote unquote, just the party. So I said, and we've worked really hard on building trust with him and openness and communication and, you know, not overreacting when he tells us things, which hopefully sets up his willingness to continue coming to us. And so I just said to him, I'm inclined to say yes, that you can go to the party. And I trust that if the party turns out to be different than you've described to me, that you will call or text me once you get there. And he said yes. And so he also said that his friend's dad would take the two of them, and his friend's older brother had offered to bring them home. (laughs) And I didn't say it to him, but in my mind I thought, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not letting someone else take you to a place where I don't know where it is or who you're with and then have somebody else pick you up. No, thank you. So I think at his age and where he is socially and his choices, it seem, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that it doesn't appear that he's getting involved in drinking and drugs and things like that. And I, I make that with the qualifier saying that I'm, I don't think we're being naive, but that's, that's kind of where, where I think he is right now. And so, but I'm also, while I don't think he's involved in that kind of stuff now, I also am realistic enough to know that pretty much it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Because how many adults have you ever met who have never touched a drop of alcohol ever in their life? And I think we also know that um, he's seen it or it's been discussed. Well, we've discussed it endlessly. Right. No, I mean among his peers. We know that it's been a topic. Yeah, he's told me he's about told us who did this or that yes. or what, who's into whatever. Yes. And so um, we've tried to make a very open channel of communication. And so, but I'm not naive to think or hope or expect that it will never happen to him, that he will never drink too much at a party and get drunk. I, I hope, I wish it wouldn't happen, but, you know, I don't know how many, maybe I've met 1%, 0.1% of the adults who've never touched alcohol. So, um, so I'm not naive enough to think that I just don't ever have to worry about that. So I decided, I, I told him it was very nice that his friend's dad would take them, and I would be very happy to pick them up to share the the driving. And so that was the plan. And because I wasn't dropping him off, he told me he would either drop a pin on his phone when he gets to her house or send me her address or whatever. So I knew where it was I was coming to pick them up. So the party went on. They left at 8. I checked in with him via text at 9. And then he said everything was going well. And it would be over between 11 and 12, and he would let me know when to pick them up. So I was surprised when the phone rang at 10 p.m., (laughs) and it was him. And he said, I said, "What's, what's up? And he said, well, the party got a little out of hand, and the, her parents decided to break it up and end the party. So 
I, I need you to come pick me up. But we're not at her house. We're going to walk down to the corner. So I'll drop a pin where I am so that you could pick us up. And I said, okay, no questions asked, no further conversation. I hung up the, I told him I'll be right there. I hung up the phone. I got my keys and I left. And I thought about it in the five or ten minute drive over. I thought about the party and all that we had talked about and what he said and and everything. So I got to the corner where they were. I, I wondered what out of hand meant. I wondered why they were at the corner. Mm. I wondered all of those things. But I maintained some self-control on the phone. And then when we when I picked him up and they got in the car, I just said, so... What happened with the party? Why are you in the corner? And he proceeded. Well, first he said, ask me whatever you want and I'll tell you. And I said, no, no. Why don't you just start at the beginning and tell me chronologically a play-by-play of what went down? And so he explained to me that she had invited maybe 20 or 30 10th graders. And her parents were there. And it was an outback party kind of to celebrate the end of summer. And her parents were actually, he said, socializing with the kids in the backyard. And their pool was open. Some kids were swimming. There was a fire pit. He said the parents served soda and cookies, chips. It sounded like a harmless, lovely thing that you would wish your child would be, your teenager would be invited to. And then he said um, they were sitting around the fire pit and they were just, they just finished remarking how much fun this party was. And all of a sudden, about 40 seniors rolled into the backyard with kegs and cases of beer and whatever and folding chairs. So her parents saw what was happening, what was evolving, what was taking place, and they probably got really nervous and uncomfortable and said, oh, okay, well, you know what, this party's over. Why don't you all just call your parents because this party's over? But the seniors, I guess, decided that they were not leaving. So she has she has a field behind her house, behind her yard. Backs to open space. Yeah, just she just backs to open space, I suppose. So the seniors, rather than leaving the party, even though the parents were clearly shutting it down... They just picked up their folding chairs and their alcohol and marched out into the field behind her house. I am just flabbergasted by this. The audacity. Yeah. I I still um, always want to believe absolutely that he's telling us the truth. Something about it sounds odd. And extreme. And extreme. And ridiculous. uh, Yeah, but... You know, maybe some version of that happened, or maybe it was a couple of troublemakery hooligan kind of older kids said, "Oh, we're just going to go do this," but party. not like forty of them decided. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's embellishment. Of course, yes. it's possible. But anyway, what he said to us, what he what he said to me is that he got very uh, like he he was closely watching what was taking place. And when he saw the older kids walking to the backyard, to the field with their chairs and their alcohol, and he realized that they didn't seem like they were intent upon leaving, Mm. when the parents asked everybody to leave, 
he thought, oh my gosh, if these parents have to call the police to get these kids out of here, I don't want to be anywhere near this house. Mm -hmm. So he immediately, as soon as he understood what was happening, he immediately went and found his friend and said, we're out of here. So they left the house and walked not just to the end of the street, to the corner of her street. They walked, turned the corner and went to another street because he said if the police were showed up at the house, he didn't even want to be anywhere in visual eyesight. He didn't want to be anywhere near that scene. He just didn't want any parts of it. And so he walked down to the corner and called me and I came to pick them up. And he told me this story and I just sat quietly listening And afterwards, I just said, it's really a shame that those older kids came and ruined your harmless fun time. Because it sounds like the party was a lot of fun before they got there. And he said, yeah. And the fact that they wouldn't leave just is totally stupid. Like, who would do that? Who would just not leave if the owners of the house tell you it's over? So, um, and then he said... Well, plus, it also gave me an opportunity to practice what you and I talked about. And months and months ago, we got into a deep conversation, he and I, about teenagers drinking, drugs, parties. And this is one of those times when he was open, wanted to talk, wanted me to listen. We were up to about midnight on a school night and talking for about two hours, and I just didn't have the heart to tell him to stop talking because it was getting late because once they open up especially with him once he opens up yeah it is just the floodgates just come open and if you close it up you don't know when it's going to open yeah who knows when it'll be open again and he claims that he doesn't like to talk and in general i would say yes he's a more quiet person but when he's in the mood and you're willing to listen he will talk for hours, and he'll follow you around talking. <laughs> and get upset at his siblings if, if they, they not, try and encroach and get, very get any of the attention pulled to them. So Yeah, so it's good when these conversations happen after they're in bed, because then yeah. I can, we, you or I or we can give him our undivided attention. Yeah. So that, that night when we were talking, I wanted to tell him about this thing called the X-Plan that... A friend had told me about, which I love so much and think every parent should have this plan in place with their teens, particularly their teens. But the X plan is basically if your child gets in a situation where they're uncomfortable and they want to extract themselves, but they don't want to embarrass themselves in front of their friends or look like the baby or the wimp or whatever, they text you the letter X only. And you know at that point that they need to be rescued and they need to save face. So you either text them or call them and say, oh my gosh, there's an emergency at home. I need to come get you immediately. And then they can in turn hang up the phone or whatever and say to their friends, oh my gosh, something's going on at home. I don't know what it is. My mom's coming to get me. And then they get out of the party or the situation. They don't have to be embarrassed and you've rescued them. And so when I told him about that that one night several months ago, we talked about other ways that you could extract yourself because inevitably he's going to find himself in a situation where people are making choices that he may not want to make. Right. And one of the ideas he came up with that night was 
I would, I could always walk down the street and have you pick me up away from the house. Right. If I don't want to be there or if it's really trouble and I just want to get away. And I said, yeah, I remember saying, yeah, that's, that's a workable plan too. And he did it. He actually did it. The very first opportunity after that conversation where it became an issue, he utilized one of the strategies we discussed. Right. And I was so proud of him. I was just so happy and so grateful that he made a good choice in that situation. And, but I, I was thinking about it yesterday when I was in the shower. I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy. And my instinct wanted me, like I wanted to go back to him and say, oh my gosh, I'm just <laughs> thinking about it again. I'm so proud of you. Mm. But I know him well enough to know that he does not want a bunch of fanfare and overboard and emotions and all that. So I need to just celebrate that little victory myself or with you or with our audience here and not go back to him because then it will go overboard to him and he'll be rolling his eyes. And then... And then we might shut that yeah, open line of communication. Down. Right. Yeah. And so, more likely to... And then he'll be like, well, I don't want that. I don't want to be... Locked in a conversation yeah. again. Right. So I praised him. I said, it's a shame the seniors, you know, ruined your party. And I'm really proud of you for your choices. Move on. So I have to be careful not to put my agenda onto him and be mindful of what he wants from me in that situation. That's how we keep, you know, I think the, the back and forth, the relationship with a teenager is very delicate because you want, to f you want them to feel like, they can trust you and you're their confidant. But you also sometimes have to lay down the law and reinforce the boundaries and say no when you need to say no. And so it's a you, very delicate balance. And you also need to, they need, you know, we're not, we're not training kids. We're training adults. So we're you also training adults. Training is, uh, we're raising adults. Right. We're raising and adults. And so... You also need to let them screw up and make mistakes. Give and, them a little bit of leeway to have to use their judgment. And, and, and spool it out more because eventually, you know, whether uh, your kid, you know, if, you're, if your kid's going to go to college or if your kid's going to just, you know, go into get the workforce or get their whatever. own apartment, there will come a day where that there's no thing, rope. Yeah, you've you've released the rope and now... You know, if they, they have no, yeah, if they have no practice whatsoever anywhere along the line of, you know, being out there in the world and having to make the choices, then that's when they could theoretically make some really, really bad ones. But if all along they had, oh, I made that choice before, it kind of worked out okay, but maybe I didn't feel great about it, okay, or hey, I didn't make that choice before. Maybe I'll try it this time or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, wherever path any of those, any of our kids are going to go down, any, any of our children universally, they need to have something to rely upon in their past. And if it was always just, oh, well, I was never allowed to do that. I was never allowed to do that. So when they get those choices are in front of them, what are they going to do? I remember, I remember a handful of kids when we were freshmen at Drexel who completely went off the rails 
and they were raised by extremely strict parents. They had absolutely no freedom. It wasn't like, like you said, doled out a little, a little more, a little more, a little more through the teenage years. They were just clamped down until they graduated off to college and they went completely nuts because they didn't have any practice using judgment, making decisions. And so I think that's a really good point. I also like that you highlighted the fact that our kids will mess up. They will use poor judgment. They will make terrible decisions. And you have to be okay with that as a parent. You have to expect it, number one, because no child is perfect. No adult is perfect. And really, childhood is the training ground for adulthood. So if, if you never let them screw up, you never give them any wiggle room to make a choice, and you're always forcing them to make the choice that you want them to make, we would all like them to make the choices that we think are best. But if we're constantly... They're not our choices, yeah. Right. If we're not giving them any wiggle room to make their own choices, they're not flexing that muscle and building it for when there are adults. So um, I think that's, that's a really good point. And I, I also think, you know, I see this with parents all the time that I talk to, either talk to or my clients, people in general... No, this is not across the board, but people in general are so afraid of teenagers. They, oh, you know, it's it's like a cliche. Oh, your kid is fifteen. I feel sorry for you. Or you you have a teenager. You just say to someone, "Your child is seven. Enjoy them now, because eventually they're going to be teenagers." I think teenagers get a terrible rap, and I don't think it's fair. I so I think if that's if there's if there's an extreme if there's extremes and you're on the extreme of teenagers are great I think they're awesome yeah I, I mean I just love them anyway and then there's the extreme of oh, oh your kid's 13 <laughs> look out next year I think I would probably fall somewhere in the middle um, and you know that has served us well at times and not so well at times right you know, there's times where, you know, my vigilance might have uh, helped us see something. And there's times where it has been uh, too restrictive. restrictive. Yeah. But um, but in general, yeah, I think you're right. I think just recognizing is, you know, it, it they're teen years, right? I mean, they're just years in the growth of an individual from the lifespan yeah yeah. and and it's not they don't suddenly become a different class of humanity they just they might act like it from time to time (coughs) that's okay right your kid's still in there your kid is still in there and the stuff that you know about your kid from your first 12 13 years is still in there it's just uh you know you might need to dig out a little bit more to get it out at times so or just be patient and let it let, let it, it come out. burst through the cocoon on its own. Right. They're metamorphosizing from the child to the adult. And I think, so going back to the fear thing, so many parents seem like they dread the teenage years, they don't want it, they resist it, they're afraid of it. They're, who, where is my child? What happened to them? And yes, hormones and puberty. I mean, it makes them act a little funny. It reminds me of the Snickers commercials 
where the person turns <laughs> into like you. a roaring lion or something, <laughs> and then you feed them, stick a Snickers bar in their mouth, and they turn back into themselves. Right. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Yeah. Sometimes our kids are not themselves when they're teenagers <laughs> raging with hormones. But that's no reason to be fearful. And fear will will cause you to clamp down on them, not trust them, uh, not give them that wiggle room that they desperately need to practice their growing independence. Right. So, yeah, this is all things teenagers. All right. Well, I think that's probably a good spot for us to wrap up for now. Thanks a lot for joining us. And if you have any comments about teenagers or things that we didn't cover or thoughts or ideas or stories, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit our Facebook page, Maximizing Life in the Middle. You can email us at my email, Erin, E-R-I-N, at MaximizingLifeInTheMiddle.com. And as always, we would appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes because it helps other people to find out about our podcast. Great. Thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you soon.